0: It's showtime. Ask the Podcast Coach for January 21st, 2017. Let's get ready to podcast. I feel like Billy Idol. I am dancing with myself. Hey, welcome to Ask the Podcast Coach, where you get your podcast questions answered live. I'm your host, Dave Jackson from the School of and we are here every Saturday morning at 10.30 Eastern Standard Time. And uh, Jim is out on assignment. He's actually got something going on with his uh, work. And so consequently, it is me and you today. There we go. And uh, so if you have any questions, send them on over. It's always fun when it's Dave because on one hand, I'm watching the chat room, which I will be doing. But I also, I thought about this last night. It was I, I said, you know, I'm going solo tomorrow. I have to watch the chat room, but I also have to watch, I have to dial back my squirrel ability. No Mixler today. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Bryant. We can fix that. For all of you wondering what the heck is a Mixler, Mixler is a, uh, it's M-I-X-L-R, and it is a cute little tool that you can use to stream music or whatever you want. In this case, I'm just running my mix my Mixer out into uh, Mixler, which is now running. Thank you, Mr. Jason. And so here on, uh, we're using using FireTalk at uh, firetalk.com. And if you have a little question, you can either type it in the chat room, or if you'd like to keep Dave company, you can uh, come on over, click on the little picture of the camera, and that will uh, bring you on in. And, uh, who knew, Hey, it's, it's, uh, January 21st as I do this and, uh, the world has not ended yet. And Donald Trump, well, I don't want to talk politics, but, uh, holy cow, the way the world was coming to an end the minute he would take office, I was amazed I got to wake up today. Um, so that was kind of fun. And, uh, I did have some, uh, this was from Todd Cochran in a future episode of the school of podcasting. I actually have a, um. I'm interviewing a guy that wrote a book called why podcasting advertising works or something of that nature guy worked for twit. He was selling ads on twit. Uh pretty interesting interview. Um, it's a short book. It's somewhat triple spaced, which I was kind of like, wow, this really isn't, but if it's, it's a cool kind of, if you're selling ads on podcasting or, or if you want to, it's, it's kind of a good little primer. And um we we're talking about how podcasting gets held to standards that no other media does like, do people go, well, if I put my advertisement in your magazine, how do I know people are going to read it when it's on page 47? I don't know that, that the magazine people have to deal with that. And so Todd had pointed out, this is on a, uh, in fact, I will put this in the chat room. It's, it's kind of a, uh, Apple fact sheet as an FAQ. It says, how do I know that users are listening to my podcast episodes and Apple has responded by saying the podcasts app for iOS pauses downloads of episodes from podcasts, which the user hasn't listened to. Episode auto downloading stopped after 15 days after a user last views that podcast or plays an episode on any device the user is signed into. And after five new episodes are unplayed on a single device. So in other words, if you've downloaded five episodes and you haven't listened to any of them, Apple is like, well, obviously this guy's not listening to the show anymore. I'm just going to quit downloading it. And so consequently, if you're getting downloads, that means people are listening to your stuff, is kind of what Todd was excited about this. Uh, iTunes desktop also has protections against unwanted downloads. After 15 days and five unplayed new episodes, new podcast episodes stop auto-downloading. After 45 days, the podcast metadata stops updating. That one's a little blurry on me, but... Uh, it's interesting, but it does help show that, hey, uh, people are listening to your show if you have a download. So that kind of pooh poos that whole, how do we know if people are listening? Because it says download. Now, granted, those people, and this is where you have to kind of learn to uh, attack objections to a certain way. Those people go, well, that still means if it's one of the five that they haven't listened to then that they could have not listened to that. And that person, you just politely punch in the face. Uh, it's kind of like back in the day when I was uh pimping copiers and somebody say, ah, I don't know. That's, that's a little more than is in our budget. And and you would go, well, if I could get that price down to where it was in your budget, could we do business today? And if they go, nah, I got to run it by the board, then it's really not the price. That's the problem. They're just trying to get you out the door. Uh, so that is something uh, that I saw. And I was like, that's kind of cool. Something else I got to point out. I don't know if Mike Dell is here today. Um, this is not a Libsyn show, by the way. It just so happens that I work for Libsyn. But no matter who you're with Podbean, Libsyn, uh, Blueberry, um, whoever you're with, yes. And Mike will double this true. If you have a question about a media host or a web host or a water bottle or a speaker, or an Amazon Echo, whatever you got laying around, if I had a question on this, um, the first place to go is not Facebook. It's to go to the manufacturer. And so, um, name withheld here, shall we say, uh, this person in, in went to Facebook and said, I know uh, when I'm beat, I give up in. Uh, so I'm giving Libsyn another try with a brand new podcast show. I just uploaded it onto Libsyn, but now I have to submit the new podcast to iTunes for approval. How do you do that with Libsyn? And if she had gone over to support.libsyn.com and typed in submitting my show to iTunes or something like that, they have a huge knowledge base. Blueberry has a huge knowledge base. Uh, Podbean has a huge. Yeah, Mike says it's create.blueberry.com. And this person said I'm clueless when it comes to using anything besides SoundCloud. Which I get, it's new. But asking Facebook is not, you know, take it from, you know, it's just, it's one of those things where, number one, not everybody that goes to Facebook may know the best way to go. They might, which is true. But the best place to go is to go to that manufacturer. Whoever whoever service you're using, because chances are, unless you're using somebody free, a la SoundCloud, um, you're not gonna get um, great service. Yeah, Mike Howard says people want everything handed to them rather than doing some work on their own. Yeah, there is a thing called a learning curve. But the cool thing is most people I know, most companies I know, have tutorials of one way or another, whether it's a video or just a text thing that will walk you through this. So I'm not not complaining here. Don't don't take it that way. I'm just saying if you really want the quickest, fastest answer, that is something to to think on. I don't know if SoundCloud owns your content. I just know SoundCloud, A, this is something that I didn't realize because I quit using SoundCloud a while ago, that when, after you click play on somebody's SoundCloud player on their website, if you hit pause, it says, click here to listen to this on SoundCloud. So they're like not even remotely trying to Hide the fact that, hey, you know, all the traffic that you have coming to your website, we'd like it on ours. Yeah, Mike Dell says, SoundCloud is really good at promoting SoundCloud. Um, so I don't know anything about them owning your content. I don't know that they would. That That is a new one that I've not heard of. I just know they've done a lot of things that have not been really good that proves to me that um, they they don't understand podcasting. They are a music company that tries to do podcasting. Emily. And Emily, help me with your. Um, I keep giving out the wrong. It's the story behind podcast.com. Is that correct? She says, Saw this today on Laura's Twitter. Laura just reached out to Podbean to keep them from publishing their episodes. Apparently, they were annoyed Podbean was using Laura's cover art to promote all their shores on their platform. Yeah, Podbean has done that for some time. I am. I I know some of the people at Podbean and they seem very nice and friendly and they meet all my criteria for a podcast. But I kind of went to them and said, that seems a little cheesy because I'm pretty sure Twit is not using Podbean, but I'm sure they're on their front page. And what they said was, and I get this, I just, it's a little, it's one of those things depending on how you, you want to look at it. Podbean, as is Spreaker, everybody now is trying to get all the, they want people to use their app. This is what I call the walled garden of uh, kind of strategy where come use our app. We have everything you need. And so Podbean pulls a lot of people's shows into their app so people don't have to go to iTunes for some of their stuff and Podbean for the other things, which is kind of silly because you know, it's an RSS feed. You can pretty much put it wherever you want. But yeah, it's I've always thought that it was been kind of odd. But that's their answer for that. They want every they want every show in Podbean's player. Uh Christopher Nessie from mm-hmm, EdTech. House of Uh or just go to Chris mm, Nessie, N E S I dot com. Is it Chris or Christopher? I'm hor- usually see I yes, he says. Good. House of Uh Chris dot com. Thank you. Says for those who are curious, iTunes submissions are happening very quickly. I'm producing a new podcast and submitted it Thursday night, and it was approved and available for early Friday afternoon. Same for Google Play and Stitcher in the same time frame. Well, that's good to know uh, because usually I tell people forty-eight hours to seventy-two, usually two to three days, and it's in iTunes. So that's cool. Right now, I have um the which has all my affiliate links on it, and um, I'm going to pull, I think, my Bluehost affiliate link because. The last was about a month ago my site was down as the podcast coach.com was down and I had to send people to firetalk to uh so they could come over and and watch and participate in the show and the last week as the podcast coach.com has been really really slow and I actually went over and yesterday to Bluehost site And kind of said, hey, after and literally after a good mm, 40 minute wait, because I remember I set my alarm, not my alarm, a stopwatch and just to see like how long it would take. And their answer was when we go to ask the podcast coach, it loads. And I'm like, I'm not saying that it um, isn't loading. I'm saying it takes about 10 seconds for it to load. And they're like, it's loading on our side. And uh, so, I mean, yesterday when I went to post the show, it took me like a half hour because it kept disconnecting. And so I'm not thrilled with their support. I'm not thrilled with their service. And this is the question. I pay yearly on them. Whenever you can pay yearly, you just it's an easy way to save money. I Obviously, sometimes you can't do that. But I did, and I want to say I paid for another year in December. So whatever it was, $110, probably something like that. And so now the question is, is the headache you're having, is the headache you're causing your audience, worth the hundred bucks? Because I, I just, if I move, there's you know I doubt that I could get a refund and say, hey, I only used two months of my year. Can I get the other ten months back? I would highly, highly doubt that they would do that. And so, um, that's uh, that's my conundrum because I would probably move them over. I have a, a GoDaddy reseller at coolerwebsites.com where I get my websites dirt cheap. And I would just move them over there so um but it's it's been very sketchy to the point where I'm like mm. Hostgator I still have a couple sites on. I will say their their live chat used to be like five minute wait and now it's about twenty. Um I don't have any problem with their service, but they seem like their their service is a little slower. Haley says, would you do a little teaching on Patreon best practice? My podcast is Adoptees On, and I'm going to launch my Patreon campaign for the start of the season for the next two months. Here's the thing. Patreon, some people go, oh, I have that instead of a sponsor. No. Patreon is your sponsor. You are your own sponsor. And so a couple things. uh, Number one, some people like, I will send you, you know, you will get this orange pen if you sign up. For, you know, askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome and you become an awesome supporter. And uh you're like, oh, that's cool. And then somebody from like Zimbabwe signs up and you just realize that the 19 cent pen that you have is gonna cost you about $7 to ship overseas. So be careful with the, I will write you a handwritten note. Um You might wanna put there, you know, for people overseas, I will scan a handwritten note. Uh So be careful with shipping and handling. That could be... uh somebody else uh, that could be something else could be handy with. Also, some people get into this they'll go, if we get X amount of money, we will add another podcast a week. If we get X amount of money, we will add two extra shows a week. If we get the big shot, smarty pants amount of money, we will do a podcast every single day. Be really, really careful with that, especially if you have these things called family, um, sleep, and a job. Because when you add more time to make these podcasts, one of those three is going away. So first you say goodbye to sleep. Well, then you're a grumpy, nasty old person. So your family is like, I don't want to hang around with you. And then also because you're tired and you're stressed out because your family hates you and you're tired, you start making a lot of mistakes at your job. And so be very, very careful with that on the whole on what your rewards are. Um uh, some people have a problem saying I feel like I'm begging for money. And so one of the things that I always say is um look, I could go get a sponsor. I could go, you know, um get, you know, Jim's House of Smelt and you could have some smelt shipped to your house and it would be, you know, $40 a month become of the smelt of the month club. And um you know, but that's that's, you know, you're going to spend $40 of that I'm going to get 10. So why not just give me the 10? You can avoid the smelt and, um, we're all winners and, you know, you can use the analogy. I use the analogy. If you go to, a, to a movie, uh, you're going to spend about $10 on the ticket, about, I don't know, $20 on popcorn, $5 on a bottle of bottled water. I was like, I, I'm glad it's winter. Cause I'm not ashamed to say, I'll be sneaking in my own water the next time I go to the movies. Why not just give me the $5 that you would spend on a bottle of water, uh, at, uh, at the movies. So that's that, but you do have to promote it. It is definitely not a, if I build it, they will come. You have to let people know, you know, for me, I do a thing, com slash awesome. And, uh and that's it. And then the other thing is I made the mistake. I made these rewards. And then for a big chunk of the time, I was not paying attention to that. And I was listing everybody's names. Well, you have to donate a certain amount to have your name listed. And so be careful with that because the last thing you could do is lose your integrity with that. Um, so that's, I don't know if that's helpful. Um, but just realize you have to promote it, you know, and make it easy. Uh, for me, it's askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. There's a big Patreon button right there. Uh, don't make them have to search for the button. And also this is what I do with that. If you notice, it's askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome, not patreon.com slash whatever the heck it is, Dave Jackson slash school pod, because what if four years from now, a better deal comes out than Patreon? Um, I forget the name of the there was a system that came out along with Patreon and I was using them for Ask the Podcast Coach and then Google bought them and shut them down. So had I said, you know, go to mysterywebsite.com slash Dave. Well, that's great, except mystery website went away. When you go askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome, if Patreon goes away, I just redirect that page to whoever the new Patreon is. So. I always promote my own website, and I, I make that slash awesome with a free WordPress plugin called Pretty Link. So uh, that's uh, that's about all I got, I guess. On Patreon, I'm looking through the chat room here. Um, mm, mm, mm. Uh, Jason says Patreon also takes about a year to really get going. It took me about two years to get 42 patrons. Yeah, uh, I know. On weekly web tools, I have three. And I, I think I make 17 bucks a month, which is better than a poke in the eye. So uh, keep that in mind. Uh, Chris Nessie says, my rewards are simple. Uh, same thing for all levels. And it's the satisfaction of knowing you're helping the podcast. Yeah, there is, there are some people that like, just give me a buck a month. There's no reward. You get my eternal thanks because uh, some people just want to help. Um, I know people that have said um, that had a donate button and for whatever reason, they like Patreon They're They've already got their credit card at Patreon and they just for whatever reason, that's kind of becoming the de facto. It's coming like the the Kleenex of uh, supporting people um, on Patreon. Do you do the monthly charge for patrons or do you do by episode? Which works best for you? I did it by episode, but now I wish I'd done a monthly for ask the podcast coach. I have a steady stream of post shows that I do, so I don't feel bad doing the monthly thing. This is a mental thing for me. I have one. That um I think if you go to supportthisshow.com, you'll see both of mine. And the one that I do for an episode, I I can't get over like I have like let's say I find a really cool tool and I'm like, ooh, podcasters should know this. When I put out an episode of that on on that per episode thing, I make something like forty two dollars. Which is cool. Um, because you can put a a a, a you know, I, uh, a limit on that. So people are like, well, what if they put out an episode every day? I'll, I'll be bankrupt. No, no, no. They can put a limit on that. But to me, I'm looking at this going, is this video worth $42? No, it's probably not. But it's worth a dollar 42 times. And for me, it's stuck in my head. Is this worth 40? So I barely put out episodes over there. It's something I have to get my, my head around because that, it's an opportunity. And usually I put out like one thing per month over there. And even that, I'm kind of like, hmm, is this worth $42? It's kind of weird. So it's a mental thing uh, I do on that. Um, Emily says, Patreon has a new feature where you can pay up front for a certain amount of time or number of episodes. Right? Yeah, what this is, and I didn't realize this was happening, but anytime you're involved with Internet paying stuff, somebody's going to find a way to basically... Oh, uh, what's a, um, not be so nice to you. They're, they're going to try to, to, to screw the pooch, stab yourself in the face and die. It's basically what we also want to say to these people. So what people would do is they would sign up for your Patreon. They get your whole entire back catalog of all your past episodes and whatever else you have over there. And then let's say that you get charged at the beginning of the month. They would jet, they would unsubscribe for you before they would get charged So what you have now is you have the ability to say, look, when you join, if you're going in that room, there's a cover charge because they are going to get your content. So I didn't realize people were doing that. I thought it was kind of sad to hear that people were, but I'm not surprised. Um, That's just the way it is. So that's the way from understand that works with that. It's kind of weird. Alice says, I ended up not charging for every episode because I don't want to take advantage of the patron. Mm -hmm. See that again. I think half the, half the battle of a, a successful patron, uh, is, it's mental. It's it's weird. Craig says, I got a $100 goal to pay for show transcriptions. A listener stepped in and volunteered to do it for free. Nice. When in doubt, ask your audience. Uh, Spencer Thomas, Dave, any thoughts on improving your audi- audibility of guests by phone? Had a recent episode where despite using phonic, my guests' loudness was less than mine and we also found it thinner. Well, number one, if you can get away from the phone, lines. Like if you're actually like dialing somebody up, it's going to sound it's going to sound like this. There's nothing you can do about that. It's going to sound like this. Yeah. So when whenever possible, get away from the phone because it just is not set up to sound normal. Well, it's not normal, but it, it it's it chops off the upper end and the lower end, so you sound like this when you're on the phone. So what you can do is either A, get them on Skype, or B, if they go, if they're if they're um, savvy enough to download an app, and this is easier said than done because it sounds like it is a lot of steps. Have them download Skype on their phone, sign into Skype, and then can and they go, "Why well, don't to use all my bandwidth?" Get them on a on. Are you on Wi-Fi? And it's it's a cure. It's not the cure, but this is one. If they don't have microphones, because sometimes you're like, oh, I have all I have is my built-in microphone on my laptop. To which we just again want to say, stab yourself in the face and die if we have to use that. So what we can do is if they have Skype on their phone and they have Wi-Fi, the microphone in your phone is not bad at all, and it'll come through much better than somebody on a laptop uh kind of thing. So that's one cure. The other cure, take your pick. You have um one is called cast. And if you go to ask the com slash cast, um I actually i I'm, I've used cast and I just started using Ringer and I, I like Tim Sinclair. He's a nice guy. He's been on the show. I really like his new podcast. The thing I don't like about Ringer is a, when you start cast, it goes, what microphone you're using and what, what are you using for headphones? And you choose them. Boom. With Ringer, it doesn't ask you. It assumes it's using that. And if you're in, in my case, I always have multiple microphones plugged in. So it's never quite sure which one to use. So I know to click on the little, um, camera picture in the URL and switch that. But even that, it, it's kind of there's no chat room there with cast. There's a chat room where you can say, can you hear me? So if, if nobody can hear each other, there's a chat room. So I kind of like cast better. I haven't used Zencaster in a long time. Zencaster is Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R because we all know E's are evil. When I used it, it was a little wonky. I know it's out of beta. I know they're charging for it. Uh, they don't have the greatest reputation and I haven't played with it in a while. So they could be perfectly fine. Now they do have a free account, but you don't get the best sound quality. So those are uh, ways to do that. The other thing. So yeah, if you can avoid now, what if I can't avoid the phone? Well, make sure if they're, and some people are like a, what, if you can get them on a landline, you know, if you can avoid a, a cell phone, get them on a landline. And then if you can get them in a quiet room, and just realize there's nothing you can do. And then what you can do on the recording side is if you're calling them on Skype, so go, so this way you still sound good. You're on Skype. Call them, and you have to get a Skype out number for this. It's like $30 a year. You can adjust their volume in Skype. You go into um, whatever it is, uh, audio things, and there's a, a little spot there for a slider for that. Or if you're running them into a mixer, you can adjust the volumes there. But yeah, Alphonic is not a miracle worker. If it's a big difference, if if you're talking like this and you're talking like that, it's just not going to catch that. So be careful with that. Emily says, my husband and his band are being interviewed on a podcast and the host is using an app called Spare, Spare Min. S-P-A-R-E, Min. It records up to 30 minutes and promotes micro-podcasts. Maybe something for Dave or Daniel to play with and kick the tires on. Yeah, there's, there's going to be more and more toys coming out. I like the connection via Zoom.us, but the recording they give you is not great. So if I could connect via Zoom and then record on a portable recorder, you know, now that doesn't solve the phone thing, but if you're a, a fan that's like, I hate Skype, I would go that. The Guy R. Cook Report says, I use Podbean's Patreon interface to avoid that confusion. To the best of my knowledge, unless they change something, Podbean's Patreon thing was not even crowdfunding. Like, they didn't keep track of, uh, it was basically a glorified PayPal button. Now, if they've changed something with that, please let me know. But when it it first came out, I looked at it and I went, why would I not just put a PayPal button? There weren't any rewards. It was just a glorified PayPal button. So if they've changed something on that uh, guy, let me know. Emily says that Spare min is free. I'm using a, a program that it's it's one of the few times that I'm, it's called MP3 Skype Recorder. And I use it as my backup when I'm doing Skype calls. And I haven't had a problem with it. They update it frequently. The only thing I dislike about it is they don't record in Wave. It's a, a kind of upper end MP3 file. Google Voice is another way to. Re- if you're going to record a phone call and you want a free version, there's a, a conference call thing. And it's not go-to meeting. Oh, it's going to drive me nuts because we used to use it here. Craig says I kept tried MP3 Skype recorder, it kept failing on me, not reliable at all. Hence, why you always have a backup. Yeah, TalkShoe is about as bad as Blog Talk Radio. Both those and Blog Talk Radio has come a long way, but anytime you use their phone system, again, it's going to sound like Uber Conference. I knew it would come to me. Uber Conference is a way that you can call a phone. And it will record. You can call them from your phone or from your computer, and call a phone. The advantage of that over talk shoe or Blog Talk Radio is the recording quality is better. So you are you you still have crap, right? You're still using a phone line, but it's a better now. Free conference call is not. No, I would go Uber Conference, and that's a great example, Alan. A uh, free conference call is recording the phone poorly uber conference is recording a phone still crappy better than free conference call and it's free so uh but yeah it's a bummer when you can't get away from the phone so uh, i know for me if i can get them on skype on their phone and i got that from uh kim from toastmasters 101.net she's been doing that uh, strategy and uh, I've used it once. I had somebody who had a, a thunderstorm coming through and they were shutting down their computer, but they weren't shutting down their Wi-Fi. And so he got on his phone on Skype and I'm like, OK, let me know when you switch. And he goes, I switch. This is me on my phone. And I'm like, you are kidding me. And he's like, no. And I'm like, man, that sounds amazing. So, yes. And as Chris brings up, I also use regularly on Windows Voice Meter, which is uh, voice M-E-E-T-E-R banana. Don't ask me why, you know, we have Hindenburg journalists, we have voice meter banana, and uh, it's pretty cool. Um, Chris actually gave me a demo once. I still have yet to really play with it and flatten that learning curve, but it's kind of like audio hijack. If you use audio hijack on a Mac voice meter uh, banana, man, that's a weird name. There's just no way around. That's a weird name um, is a lot like audio hijack on the PC. Um, Spencer says, I have this guy from time to time. He prefers the landline, but I'll have to try to get him on his phone with Skype or FaceTime. I've never used FaceTime for that, but uh, that would work. Yeah. And Chris says that voice meter, which makes everybody sound like they're Peter Lorre or uh, Stimpy voice meter. You idiot. You have to use voice meter. But It's a uh, virtual mixer. So you idiot. Stimpy. So. Fuis meter. That's all I got on that. Um, here's a great question. Stacy Sims says my podcast gets about eight hundred to twelve hundred downloads per episode during like the first week. Maybe fifteen hundred to two thousand downloads uh per week. And she says I'm thrilled. It's grown a ton in the last few months. Last night I got close to nine hundred downloads between seven and nine o'clock. Lipson says the podcast downloads are spread over a bunch of episodes, twenty-four on this episode, sixteen on that one possible that it is some kind of bot thing anyway for me to tell me if it's real. So here it's interesting because she did exactly what I've said to say, which is go contact your media host. And she, they gave them the answer in this case, it was me. Uh, it, it advice on digging into deeper into lips and stats. Uh, I want to believe I'm a hit, but my gut tells me that this is off. And this again is imposter syndrome. Uh, climbing in. Surely nobody would listen to my podcast. I've worked really, really hard on it. I've studied what my audience wants. I'm giving it to them, but surely people can't be listening to it. Um, and so here's the thing that, that people don't realize. Now, granted, there are going to be times when a script goes bizarre and just starts hitting your show over and over and over. Um, both Libsyn, Blueberry, Podbean, um, Spreaker probably has things in place to catch obvious bots. The problem is, there are times when all of a sudden you will get a spike. Let's say you get an actual, like it's one episode, man, all of a sudden you got a thousand downloads out of nowhere. Normally I get 38. Yesterday I got a thousand downloads. That's a spike. By the way, that's a spike. Thousands of downloads is a spike. 18 downloads, not a spike. But you get a spike. There are things that we can look at and go, that's an obvious bot. Sometimes, though, there's not enough information given. Maybe it's somebody's newsletter. Maybe somebody has a giant newsletter. They say, this is one of the best podcasts I've ever heard. You know, click here to subscribe to them in iTunes or click here to listen to the latest episode. Wham! But there's nothing to show that this came from a MailChimp email or whatever. And so there's we can't say it's fake Cause we don't have enough information to say that's definitely fake. And we don't have enough information to say that's absolutely real. So in that case, we lean towards this is probably real. And what people don't realize, what I see a lot is what I tell people. I mean, I've played this clip over and over and over when somebody finds your show and they're like, Oh my gosh, this is about black pig speed racing. Right. And you're like, I thought I was the only person that was into black pig speed racing. They're going to download your entire back catalog. They're going to go crazy. And they're going to like, oh, my gosh, they're just like, you know, they, they find it. They're like, I can't. Oh, happy day. And they download your entire back catalog. So and that's where I see this a lot, where somebody will say, I'm, I've got this. All of a sudden, my my numbers have jumped and you can go in to the same stats that you have. It's not like Lipson has additional stats. And I can see that like the last 10 episodes have 45, 46, 49, 46, 49. So if you have somebody with thousands of, of listeners on their email list, they mention your show, and everybody goes over and starts downloading your back catalog, it's you know 49 people got episode 10, 49 people got episode 9, and 8, and 7, and 6. So 49 plus 49 plus 49 plus 49... William. So they're not always bots is what I'm trying to say. Granted, sometimes they are, and we don't have enough information to prove that. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that people don't want to believe that maybe somebody actually likes my show. Because if you're doing the right things, maybe, maybe they are. Yeah, Alan says, here we go. Classic example, Alan Newson of Two Chairs No Waiting. It's a podcast about uh, Andy Griffith. He says he started listening to Emily's show which is the story behind podcast.com. And um, he's now downloaded the whole back catalog. Mm -hmm. Another thing from Todd Cochran that I thought I would uh, um, throw out here. says, some food for thought. We've been building some case studies around Android subscribers. And he says, one of those studies we compared shows that have employed our subscribe on Android link, which I believe is just subscribe on Android.com. And he says, so we looked at people that are using the links. Because you go over there, you throw in your RSS feed, and it gives you a link to put on your website that just says subscribe on Android. When they go over there, if they have the app on their phone, it will automatically just subscribe them. If they don't, it's like, hey, here are a bunch of apps you could use on an Android. And uh, he says, we only compared shows with iOS subscriber numbers within 5% of one another. Looking at a sampling of 750 shows of various sizes, we were not surprised that those employing subscribe on Android on their website to those that did not had 18 times more Android subscribers. So if you make it easy for Android people to subscribe, they will subscribe. Shocking. John Lane asked, does anyone have advice for getting more podcast guests? I was doing pretty good for a while, but I'm starting to hit a slump. And this is where I think people start going where the criteria for being on your show is, do you have a heartbeat? And that is generally not a practice I recommend. Um, I, the, the thing I like that I'm going to implement here soon is Lee Silverstein, who does the colon cancer podcast has a button that says, uh, well, here, let's find out colon. I want to make sure I have the button correct colon cancer podcast.com. And it's not that it's the colon cancer podcast.com. survey says it's thinking about it. Yes, there it is. He has a button at the top that says nominate guest to appear on the show. So he has it out there to do you know somebody who would be a good guest? And I want to put this on my website because I'm sure there are lots of people out there that think they would be a good, you know, guest for my show. And they're like weird about me going like, I don't want to invite myself on Dave's show, but if I put a form there that said nominate somebody for a guest on my show and maybe either they go, you should be on his show, you know, or you do the, and then just, you know, one of the questions is going to be like, well, and I, this is what I have to figure out. Like, how do I say, what value are you going to bring to my show? And, and just go that route. Well, Craig was a great example. When in doubt, ask your audience. You know, He's got somebody that's going to transcribe the show for free. You might have a bunch of people in your audience that could be great stories for your show or things like that. So when in doubt, don't overlook your audience. I mean, uh, Daniel has people that now moderate his forums that came from his audience. Your audience might be this huge. Um I had somebody on Weekly Web Tools was almost hacked, and one of my audience members came to save the day. And went back in because it was weird. It was a very weird stuff going on on that website. And um, he fixed it for me for free, which was cool. Uh, I actually offered to pay him. And um, he was like, no, 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 it wasn't that hard. Thanks so much for the show. Yeah, <laughs> Craig said, I offered the 17 bucks. But uh, she said, no, thank you for that. So, um, you know, that's that. There's There are things like helpareporter.com where you can go in and say, I do a podcast about black pig racing looking for other people that do black pig racing or whatever niche you're in there is podcastguest.com. uh and then there is radioguestlist.com all those you can kind of say here's my show do you have you know are you somebody that would be a fit for that and then the fun thing is you have to go through those people and figure out if they're going to work or not um so that would be my advice for uh for John um, is there a good free analytics solution for podcasts self-hosted with WordPress? Well, number one, don't self-host your WordPress files. Those are bad. Uh, I can't Google, can't get Google Analytics to work anymore, especially since I'm enabled uh, two-factor authentication with my Google account from Nathan. Yes, there is. I would recommend Blueberry. Yes, Mike beat me to it in the chat room. Uh, that's, to me, it, in fact, here's a novel idea. Number one, I wouldn't host my files on WordPress. Case in point, ask the podcast coaches really show right now because of Bluehost. Um, I would hate to think what it would be like if I had my media on there, and so um yeah, so uh I would say now there's also PodTrack. yeah, you could if I had to pick between the two, I'd go blueberry, and there's and the other thing, I would actually pay go for it. if you're if you're gonna like you're a diehard, I'm hosting my own stuff, pay for their stats. Use the coupon code SOP free and pay for their stats. Their stats are awesome and they're better than PodTrack, especially if you get the advanced stuff. Um, and they're really easy. If you're using the PowerPress plugin, you don't need to, but PowerPress makes it super easy to, uh, to do that. You just basically drop in this redirect link once in the plugin and then it doesn't matter if somebody's downloading it, clicking play, or if it's in your feed, it will track your download. So that would be my recommendation on that. Here's another great question, and this says, I have a question concerning download numbers and audience size. Don't we all? I see a lot of posts from people saying they're getting 1,000-plus downloads in their first week and or month. Keep in mind, a lot of people lie about their stats, and I didn't think that was true. Oh, is it true? Um, I almost think that somebody went around like, I don't know, maybe Mark Marin or somebody, Joe Rogan posted his thing like, look, I got 8 million downloads in 30 seconds. And everybody's using the same screenshot. I almost think that's happening. So Tony says, I've had a hard time getting 60 people per episode after podcasting for five years. Am I doing something wrong? And is there a better way that doesn't involve paying out cash to get more exposure? Now, number one, Tony didn't say what his show was. So he could be doing chocolate-covered fish sticks, right? Not really a lot of people into that. So keep that in mind that It may be, you know, it might be people that are over 50 that like to do cross-country ballroom dancing. Whatever it is, it's a super niche niche that not everybody's going to get into. So if you have 60 people doing that, that might be awesome. But downloads per episode is the stat. So that's the first thing. Now, if you're doing a diet show and you're getting 60 downloads per episode after five years, you stink. There's no other way to say it. Your baby is ugly. There's something wrong with your baby uh, because that's a huge field. And either A, you're doing zero, as in like nada, as in zip, as in mm -mm, you're not doing any kind of promotion on your show. Something's going wrong there because I always say that the, um, the equation, shall we say, for the total number of downloads is the value... In the episode, and if you multiply that by the amount of effort you take into intelligently promoting your show. So it's value times promotion equals total number of downloads. I mean, I always say this, my little experiment back in the day when I did the worst podcast ever, and I purposely did a podcast just trying to make it offensive. Stupid, bad, bad audio quality. And I got 10 downloads per episode. So if you're only getting 60, I'm like, and this is where what you can do is try to find people who are your target audience and make a little focus group. And then just say, look, I'm going to, I want you guys, if you can do it in the same room, that'd be awesome. But say, I want to play you an episode and then I want you to, um, talk about me like I'm not in the room and, and then get their feedback. So that would be the one thing if you're doing, a, if you're doing something that other people are, you know, but if you, I always hesitate with this, cause you could have a super duper niche thing. So, um, but if you're doing something that maybe other people are doing a similar show like yours and they're getting 10 times as much, uh, do that. But keep in mind, you do have to promote it. You have to promote it. It's not a, if you build it, they will come. But after five years, and he didn't say if it's sixty, yeah, sixty per episode. To me, mm, because I'm trying to think of a show. Yeah, I mean, I just started a show, and I do very little. I shouldn't say, yeah, very little promotion. I do the Alexa cast. Um, um, doggone it! I said her name. Um, oh here, this is fun. We'll take a tangent. Alexa, good morning. Good morning. Happy Hugging Day. Hugging is the best way to both give and receive at the same time. Remember, it doesn't count as a hug unless it goes on for 10 seconds. One Mississippi. Two Mississippi. Three Mississippi. So I love this thing. I always love playing with it. Everybody's like, oh my God, he's going to play with that stupid robot thing again. And I'm getting close to 200 downloads an episode. And I don't really, besides Twitter, and occasionally answering a question in a Facebook group and saying, Oh, by the way, I have a podcast about it. I'll take it. And no, I don't promote it. I promote it once a week and I answer questions in Facebook groups. That's it. And there's, that's it really. Um, and I write pretty decent show notes. I try to at least. And I, I look at what people are talking about. It's entertaining. Like I, I didn't realize that if I ask her good morning, that she will do things like that. So I'm definitely going to record that before yesterday. She had a whole thing on, uh, stats about inaugural, like the first live streamed inaugural, uh, thing was 2007, something like that. It's interesting. So, you know, again, without knowing Tony's niche, 60 downloads per episode after five years could be, could be a little low. <laughs> Emily has a great point. She says, I doubt anyone um, starts a podcast thinking I'm going to start a podcast so I can obsess over stats. (laughs) That's what I, what's your hobby obsessing over stats. Keep that in mind. Hey, before we, wow, time flies when you're having fun. um, I do want to say uh, thank you. If I can get my last pass to get out of my way um, to my fun filled, awesome patrons, that uh, are supporting the show by going over to com slash awesome. And um, if you promote yourself or if you support the show with $20 or more a month, you get your name listed in every episode. And that goes to Stargate Pioneer from Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, podcast and Glenn the Geek from the Horse Radio Network. Uh, you can join for as little as a buck. And you get the entire back catalog of post shows. And for anybody going, hey, Dave, you didn't post the post show from last week, that is coming today. So uh, keep that in mind. And um, thank you to uh, everybody who has been supporting the show. It's really kind of humbling. And that, again, is one of those weird things where you go, well, surely people won't give me money for all the hard work I do. And then they do. And you're like, what's wrong with these? It's, it's that whole imposter syndrome that uh, really gets in your head sometimes that, uh it's kind of weird. There's there's a lot of... Um, uh, someday I'll probably write a book on the uh, the psychology of podcasting because there's a lot of weird little mental games. One of the things, last night I was working on, for the record, I was working on the, the new episode of the Messengers podcast. And the Messengers podcast has been the hardest thing for me to wrestle with mentally because the first couple episodes I got a lot of really good um, just feedback. And then when somebody, when I did my whole, my favorite podcast is thing at the end of the year. And Tyler chef said, if I had to pick one, it, it's the messengers, which is weird. You would think people would love to get feedback like that. Like I just love this show. It's so behind the scenes and I can't believe it, it messed with my head. When I do that show, I, I got mad last night. Cause in the middle of it, I went down the stairs and got a snack and I'm in the kitchen going, Dave, you're not hungry. You're going to ruin your diet. Why are you eating? And I'm like, because I'm stressed out about this. And it's weird. So like success is messing with my head um, because I feel like it, this show has to be on this level. And the key to that, by the way, is I just had to start the episode because I kept putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. Now, I had about, man, two and a half hours of audio files. God bless you, Chris Grimitzos, um, for this episode. And the other thing is there are potential legal things about this episode. So I had to be very careful because we talked about, um, letting one of the crew members go and it did not end well. And you get to hear, you get to hear the conversation, like the actual conversation between two people going, wait a minute, you can't do this. Well, no, I did, did, did And I, like, and Chris is like, we're recording this guys. So, um, it should be fun. But, um, yeah, I am. Uh, Gary in the chat room says I'm looking forward. I, I think everybody's going to PodFest. Gary's going to be who, if you're going to go to PodFest, uh, say something in the chat room. I know Gary's going to be there. Harry from uh, Podcast Junkies. Mark is going to be there with all of his microphones. Joe Let me think who else is going to be there. Jessica Rhodes is going to be there. Daniel's going to be there. Uh, are you going to be there, Daniel? I think you're going to be there. Would you get would you have that baby already? Podfest is February 23rd through the 25th in Orlando, Florida. Go to podfest.us. They have a coupon code right now. Join me or Dave. You could use Dave too, but um, yeah. Okay. Daniel's going to be there. Man. Can like, what are you doing with Jenny? Can you like get that girl on a trampoline or something like that? I mean, I can't believe it's January 21st and you are still, uh there's still no noodle baby. I mean, every day I'm like, today might be the day today. might, And then I'm like, I go to bed. Today was not the day. I check my, you know, social media. Hey, anything on Noodle Baby? No. So the most anticipated baby in history, Noodle Baby. So I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, I, I, this is me. I can only imagine how Jenny's kind of like God. If you could just do me a favor, get this thing out of me. So that'll be fun. But I know there are a lot of people coming to uh, to Podfest, and um, I'm re- Glenn the Geek is going to be there, of course. Danny Pena, Hall of Fame podcaster, Danny Pena. There's some really interesting, um, speakers that are going to be there. Uh, one of the guys that was the last guy to get off the, the miracle and the Hudson, the whole Sully story, that guy was on the plane and he's going to be there. And he actually now has a speaking. He's like a professional speaker and he got, he elevated his status by just, he didn't have a podcast by being guests on other people's podcasts. If you go to, um, Jessica Rhodes, that's R-H-O-D-E-S biz um, he was on the latest uh episode of um, roads to success so um he's got that's gonna be an interesting story Todd Cochran is going to be there I didn't realize that um you know I've actually interviewed Todd once at um the new media show and I lost the, the the thing of that that's when uh podcast websites were gonna come out and which in the end wasn't a big deal because they didn't come out for like another year later but I need to get Todd Cochran on my show I've never had Todd on the school of podcasting. So Todd is going to be there. So I'm looking forward to that. Todd's always a, uh, just a good guy to hang around. He's hilarious. Uh, if you can get a couple beers in Todd, it's really fun to hang around with Todd. He's a good guy. So yeah, that is, uh, go to podfest.us. And, um, wow, I can't believe we're going to go ahead and even though I started a couple minutes late, we will, uh, start wrapping things up here. But, uh, thank you to the chat room. It was, uh, I would give myself a B on not being too squirrely today and, uh, somewhat staying, uh, on topic a bit. Uh, we got another half hour coming up. We'll do a little post show. Um, I have a really interesting question coming up, uh, that I was surprised. It's interesting because I hear about how guys are kind of snarky. You know, there's, um, if you listen to she podcast, uh, they'll talk about how don't mansplain that. And I'm like, what does that mean? But it means when you're kind of... Because guys are, you know... We don't beat around the bush. We just answer the question. Uh, And sometimes women expand a little more. Where guys are just like, two and two is four. It's four. It's four. Even though it feels like five. But it feels like five. It's four. So uh, I, I found an interesting example, I think, of mansplaining. Which... You have to be careful in forums. When when newbies get in there and they ask a question and you're like, duh. Uh, speaking of duh, if you haven't sent in your things when you listen to podcasts that make you go, ugh, or, or, um, go over to schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact and, um... Uh, leave it there. You can call it in 888-563-3228. You can click the button leave it there. Um, Deadline is January 27th. I will be putting together an episode on that. A lot of really good feedback on that. And it's interesting because it's not a huge range. It's a lot of the same pet peeves, which to me makes it sound like that's probably something we should maybe avoid. So that is coming up uh, at the end of the month. But uh, schoolofpodcasting.com/slash contact. Also, use the coupon code listener, LISTENER at the School of Podcasting when you sign up. So hang around for some post-show.